Welcome to the Pinelander Podcast, the official podcast of Pineland, broadcasting to you from an undisclosed location deep inside Pineland, where we discuss faith, family, finances, firearms, freedom, food, and everything else in between with those who believe in living free and living out the values that made this country free. Welcome to the Pinelander Podcast. My name is Paul LaFavor. I'm here with my Ranger buddy, Mike Blackburn. And today is Friday, 20th of May, 2022. Um, And it's just a a great spring day out there. Uh, This is, I think, our 23rd podcast. Uh, Don't correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, what's awesome about today is uh, we finally get to talk about something that's really close Uh, near and dear to my heart, as they say, something that is the treasure of my heart, and that is uh, my uh, nonprofit uh, Christian organization, which is called World Evangelical Harvest. So I'm glad that I I bent Mike's ear uh, for that topic. He he liked it also. And uh, so this is uh, maybe the first time that some of you have ever heard of this, but it is a Christian nonprofit organization and really it's just a name to what my wife and I have been doing for the last 15 years or so yeah forever <clears throat> well I mean some people have probably noticed um, if you go to the blacksmith publishing website you know you, you see world evangelical harvest on there you know see it's one of the organizations that you know we support um, and of course blacksmith publishing always takes sort of a backseat, if you will, when it's time for you to go, you know, travel the world and do it, doing your stuff. But we, we still, you know, again, this isn't our primary day job, but right. Um, you certainly have a lot of things that you're involved in and, and world evangelical harvest is one of them. So people are trying to probably were wondering, you know, what is that? And it took us until 22, 23 episodes to finally say, <laughs> hey, maybe we ought to discuss this thing because it's kind of, it's a, it's a, it's a definitely an integral part of blacksmith publishing. Uh, and I'm I'm happy you feel that way. Uh, it is the uh, I would say the evangelical arm, if you will, of uh, blacksmith. What we do, uh, and yeah. So let me just uh, take a stab at what you know. We harvest is I call it we harvest. Uh, that's what it's been colloquially kind of called for a while. It's shorter. Shorter, yeah. <laughs> the, you know, world evangelical harvest or we harvest, right. but. <clears throat> So I'm just so excited about this. Um, it is really my passion. This is my hobby. And really, uh, it's about reaching the unreached people groups. It's about uh, doing pastors, leaders, conferences. It's about building churches, building churches, building orphanages. It's about uh, crusades, if you will. Uh, the understanding of you know, crusades we have uh, from like Billy Graham style type of outreach movements. Uh, so you have basically um, anything that could, the church could do in uh, another country. And that's really what we do is it's Oconus. So it's downrange, okay, is we do church work downrange. And that could be basically anything where you're holding the Bible and you're preaching and praying for folks to having some type of really big gathering, Um uh, so it's basically just really broadband. 
Well, even more now. I mean, I remember. I mean, you and I have known each other for a while, and I remember you, you know, discussing this idea of yours. Um, you know, basically, yes. <laughs> well, because it was kind yeah. of you know it was it was you know it's something you remember because I mean your ambition on that your goal on that was I believe uh, to to reach every continent. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I was even thinking about that and, you know, of course, having the background that you, you have had in the military, I, I think facilitates that quite a bit, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. I mean, if you were just like a guy that's never left the country yeah, and had this, um, dream or vision or calling, um, I think it would have been a lot more difficult had you not already traveled the world and kind of seen how things work. Absolutely. Um, couldn't, I mean, the, the idea, I think, when I think about this, first off, I think I get to do this. Yeah, right. okay? it's, it's an honor to serve the Lord in this capacity in any way, just to be his servant. And so every day, any day that I get to do this, uh, is, it's, uh, I have to pinch myself, right? That I get to be a part of this, something that the Lord is doing. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, we often joke and say it's like, you know, the Lord actually has some type of master plan uh, because he does. Right. Uh, he has a plan uh, earlier in my life. I didn't really see that. I would see doors close and I didn't really know why. And I was frustrated. But uh, but I, if I look back and this is uh, if I could use this scripture here, uh, Romans eight twenty eight. Most people have heard of that. Uh, All things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. So that scripture really works well when you look back and you say, aha, that's why. That's why this door closed. That's why I had to go to a window over here. Uh, that's why you gave me those skills and you gave me those experiences and you gave me those contacts and those qualifications and all those things because the Lord really does prepare us for bigger things. And uh, that's why we have to have a, a mind for that and to look for that. <clears throat> and that's why I like that scripture. I think it applies so well to this, to my, to my life here, uh, is, you know, We Harvest is really that. It's, it's part of my journey. It's about who I was and what I thought I was going to do. And, and all along, the Lord was just preparing me for this. And, uh, and he's, used, he's used all my skills uh, with network development, with, uh, you know, just other cultures, uh, how to put concepts together, all those things the Lord really uses. That's what's don't, fascinating about it. Don't, don't you think sometimes we get an impatient? And, and what I'm saying is I think, I think you touched on something there, which is there's a, a time and a season for everything. Yeah. And I don't <laughs> think you would have been – Ready. <laughs> you, yeah. Even yeah. though you may have wanted to undertake this uh, in your thirties. Oh yeah. I, I don't think you I don't think you would have been able to. No, absolutely not. And I think sometimes it's just learning patience and understanding that it's gonna be in God's time because you've got some you've got some things to, to, to learn and you know, you've got some mental maturing maturing to do and and absolutely. and uh <clears throat> You know everything else that comes with sort of just being around a while and experiencing things. No, absolutely. Um, the uh, I could have never done this uh, ten years ago, 
uh, even five years ago. And, and really this started, um, really I had a vision for this in 2018 on my birthday. So I'm in Uganda, I'm doing a, a trip. And at the time I was just really uh, kind of shotgun blasting stuff. So I, hey, I had some time off here, I'm gonna go here, kind of see what happens, kind of, you know, develop the situation and, you know, have a testimony and some sermons, you know, a few sermons in my back pocket and see what happens. And uh, when I was there uh, in Uganda, I was dry, uh, was in the back of a van and uh, the Lord gave me a vision, right? Gave me, gave me a word, a vision, spoke to my soul. It wasn't the audible voice of God, but you know, I believe, uh, as the Bible teaches us, the way I read my Bible is God speaks to us in our soul. And uh, I think, I don't know what I would do if I heard God's audible voice, but I heard him speaking to me in my soul to get my notebook. And so I, I like these little moleskin notebooks, and as you know. And uh, so I just happen to have one. And uh, so the Lord told me, write down, write down these places. And so I did. And, and uh, you know, at the time, it, I had been considering, well, I, you know, I've, I really like Portugal, and south of France is nice this time of year. And, <laughs> yeah. You know, and uh, I, I was thinking, you know, where yeah, was I going to yeah. do ministry? Well, every time I'd have time off to do ministry, I was thinking, I'll go to these places I really enjoy. Places you want to go. Yeah, and then I will have, like, uh, uh, a missions trip slash vacation. Mm-hmm. So that was my mentality. And, you know, the Lord just kind of uh, operated on another, he operates on another sheet of music sometimes. You know, his ways are higher than our ways. And so, you know, before long, I'm writing down uh, countries I had never even heard of before. You know, Togo. I think I might have heard of that once. Uh, South Sudan. Uh, Niger. Not the vacation spots. Niger, not a vacation spot you would normally think of, you know, to go. You know, no, it's, it's a place that some, a lot of times people are actually fleeing, going the other direction. Absolutely. So uh, the Lord gave me seven regions of seven nations, so 49 total nations. And so uh, a couple of these, you know, I'll, I'll just out myself. I wrote South Sudan, and I erased it like three times. You just didn't want to go there. Yeah, I, I'm like, I just uh, don't you're, you're, you're like, leave anything there. Yeah, don't you're, want yeah, to go you're there. like Jonah getting on the boat, man. You're like, you know what? I'm not going yeah. to Nineveh. I'm going the other way. Yeah, basically, like, I don't think in, in my wildest dreams or nightmares would I ever want to go to South Sudan. No offense to the South Sudanese gentlemen or ladies who are listening to this, but, um, but I nonetheless, I wrote it down, and then it just kind of, I had kind of a peace, like, okay, Got that out of the way. And then, because it's like the Lord wouldn't let me leave me alone until I got that right. Uh, I never forget that. And then I had kind of a, a peace in my conscience. And then the Lord told me, those places I gave you, those are the places where you're going to spend your time and your effort. So your time, your talents, and your treasure, to use three T's, you're going to just spend yourself and concentrate on those places. And, uh, and that just took my shotgun blasted idea and just, you know, uh, zeroed in on what I was supposed to do. And, you know, so we know as Christians, we're all given a mission to make disciples. That's Matthew, uh, you know, 28, 18 to 20. The Lord says, you know, I have all authority in heaven and earth. Uh, now, therefore, go into all the world and make disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. And then I'm with you always until the end of the age. So we know that 
our mission is to make disciples, make disciples of Jesus. But I didn't have like a like a, a, a an AO, if you will, an area of operations. And so that gave me, right, uh, a specific AO, mm-hmm. which is enormous, enormous AO. But uh, that's really how it all started. It happened on my birthday in 2018. So it was March 25th. A lot of interesting things happened on my birthday. I almost died on my birthday. I was born on my birthday, of course. That was kind of fun. Uh, but uh, How unusual. Yeah. But then, uh, but other things have really been really big. I almost died, you know, I was shot on that day and then had this vision on that day and then uh, about four or five other things. But that was the day where I had uh, um, appointed, focused to the effort that I was supposed to do, like for the end of my days. Right. So that I was remember what it. a I mean, gift. I <laughs> mean, you kind of knew what you were going to do like long before that, but I, I think you got I think what you're saying is you got kind of dialed in. Yes. And, yeah. I, re- and I remember when, um, you know, you shared it with me and it was kind of like, um, and I'll recall the conversation cause I remember it. And it was kind of like, um, Hey Mike, um, here, here it is. And, and you explained it to me and you said, is that crazy? I mean, that, that's kind of the way it went. I mean, cause I think you were kind of like, you were certainly excited about it. Yeah. But I think even at that time when you shared it with me, you weren't quite too sure if like, you know, do I need do I need to be on medicine or yeah. is this like real? Exactly. And that's kind of the way it, and that's kind of the way it came across yeah. to me. But as it's as the time has passed, um, obviously that that question's been answered. I mean, it's yeah. very much real. And let's let's talk about the reality of it now, which is I'm I'm kind of curious <clears throat> as well. So you go into a place like Togo, you go into a place like South. Sudan, you go into a place like, uh, you know, Uganda, whatever. Uh, how do you start? You know, it's not like you just drop in someplace and say, um, you know, we're building a church here. Right. Or, or send out flyers. I mean, that's not, not going to go well in some of those places. Uh, how, how does it, how, how do you do this? I mean, do people reach out to you? I mean, what? what? So there's the, uh, <clears throat> here's the amazing thing about, I mean, because the, the Christian life is all, it's a supernatural life, Right. Uh, yeah, we, we live uh, in the world, but we're not of the world. And the idea is, uh, it's just supernatural things happen. And so a lot of people forget about that. They forget about, you know, the work of God, the activity of God in the world is supernatural. So uh, there's a, a humongous spiritual component. In fact, that is, that's really the component that all of this happens in the spirit. Uh, and, and so really, uh, I had plowed away and got contacts. I was trying to get people, you know, and these are the places I mentioned, you know, uh, south of France, Spain, Portugal, Scotland, stuff like that. None of those guys were getting back with me. So I was kind of disappointed. But these other places, uh, they came to me. They just dropped in my lap. You see, and there, to me, it's like, that's why it's bigger than you. Yeah. And that and that's really how you figure out that uh, no, you're not just it's not just you're not just having a weird dream. Yeah, it's a really because, long one. Yeah. because everything <laughs> is just kind of opening up. Yeah, there's a master plan that you're just playing a part of. Exactly. Um, that so that's the first thing. Now there was some there's some work and it's an ongoing uh, ongoing work to develop these networks. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, you don't just just plop out of the jungle, plop onto the savanna. Hey guys, you know, and start throwing up uh, flyers. Uh, but it really here's a here's the awesome thing. 
the present uh, conference that's going to happen next week um, in Uganda, right, the one that's going on, <clears throat> well, that one uh, really had its uh, beginnings in the sands of Iraq. Okay, so let me explain. I've got out of the Army, uh, you know, spring of 09. I'm over there. Uh, I'm a uh, site security manager for a company that can remain nameless. While I'm there, I have these uh, Ugandans who are the security guards, and I was the, the manager for those guys. And we have Bible studies. And anyway, a lot of these guys, uh, two of them, namely, are now pastors in Uganda. And then the connection I got was with a guy, uh, and he wouldn't mind me talking about him, uh, Rob Owen, uh, who was the guy who actually, his company got these, these fine men to work in Iraq. And then uh, just the connection with, basically God used my old contacts mm -hmm. and then activated those, actuated them, activated them, actioned them like sleeper cells, okay, to do missions work instead of business development. And we, we also do business development, but really those already functioning uh, relationships were made uh, Christian dynamic uh, conduits. And that's really how it happened. Well, I think it, I, what comes to mind is um, in Scripture we see, like even the Messiah thinks, um, you know, God for putting his uh, disciples, you know, bring, providing him the disciples. I mean, it's, we, see, we, we seem to think that, uh, you know, the Messiah went out there and just started doing a recruiting, you know, for, for 12 good men. And that really wasn't the case at all. Yeah. Um, I'm and, looking for 12 good men. Yeah, I'm looking for 12 it. good men and, you know. Um, <laughs> but but that's kind of yeah. like, the way life works. I mean, sometimes yeah. you get people are put in your path and you have no idea why Absolutely. until later. Yeah. Um, because there's a, there's a reason why you're you know working with these people in the deserts of Iraq. Right. And it probably had nothing to do with security. Yeah, I mean, that was just a means to an end at the time. It put food on our table. Uh, you know, that place was kind of, uh, we were locking, we are turning off the lights and locking the doors. And then, you know, we were out of there by 11. But I was there for 09 and 10 and to get these established connections. And then basically I just said to Rob Owen, hey, you know, I want to, I want to take a stab at Uganda. At the time, I didn't really know what I was doing, and uh, I had been to Kenya once before in 06 on a missions trip. That was my very first missions trip. And so I have, uh, I have a place in my heart for East Africa, and uh, I, I think uh, I have this, I mean, maybe I shouldn't say, but I have this recurrent dream of uh, being laid to rest there, let's just say. Whoa. Yeah, that that's the place where I will spend my final moments, if you will, with a Bible in my hand. So I have, uh, I have a sense that that's kind of where I need one of uh, my big treading grounds. You know, mm. the threshing floors is over there. And uh, so I'm, I'm excited. I love, uh, it's kind of like, um, I don't want to miss my chance of dying gloriously. And so I'm not afraid of going there. And, you know, if that's where I'm supposed to go out, then then that's fine. But in my whole point is that's, uh, I, I, uh, I have a heart for that area and I think it's worth dying for. You know, you got to have something that you are worth, it's worth dying for. And, uh, so I'm happy to have that. I have a few things like that. I have my family, my faith, and then this mission, 
yeah, I will die for that. And I think, uh, uh, I think a lot of people should wake up to that and to remember there's some things worth dying for. Oh, I, uh, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I mean, I took what a, a way Debbie to Downer that. moment there. Sorry. Well, <laughs> no, it's 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 uh, yeah, it's pretty heavy. Yeah. But I mean, that's that's really uh, that's that's a hell of a. Uh, I mean, it's not like I know you. You're not fatalistic, um, right? I'm not looking to get schwacked here. But if the idea if it is, comes to that, I mean, yeah. you, you're not the kind of guy that yeah. uh, you know when the intruder comes through the front door, you're not going to be in the, yeah. in the fetal position, you know, begging for mercy. I mean, that's yeah. that's not that's not Paula favor. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, if trouble wants, you know, if trouble calls. I mean, trouble's going to find more trouble. Um, yeah, that kind of leads into God's man because obviously uh, the security guard, uh, the Ugandan oh, yeah. security guard, is not, um, you know, a graduate from some seminary in in Uganda. That's right. Um, and so I'm glad you brought that up. So God's God's man is uh, is a book that came out a couple years ago. I believe it was. 19. Really, it's a product of my seminary education. I have a Master's of Divinity from Liberty University. Yeah, 2019. Uh, but really, um, it's a manual. It's a handbook for pastors. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's for a guy that doesn't have the luxury of going to seminary, and perhaps a guy that doesn't have a college education. Uh, perhaps he doesn't have a lot of education. So it's, it is um, grassroots bare bones theology and practice. I mean, theology is uh, the study of God, but it's also the application of God's word to all areas of life. So as uh, I believe Lincoln, Lincoln Duncan has once said, which is true. Um, and I might have gotten that wrong, Duncan. Sorry about that. But, uh, but the idea is uh, this is for somebody that can take this book and the Bible on the other hand and kind of figure out how to do ministry. Uh, how to apply the Word of God to all areas, to include uh, the uh, basic services that may be called upon to perform, uh, baptisms, weddings, ordinations, funerals, funerals, all the, like all the requirements of somebody who's got uh, a church that yeah. people are looking towards for leadership and to yeah. be able to perform these 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 uh, required sort of yeah. uh, work, if you will. Yeah, and the, and the idea of the book really uh, is the same thing we do with Blacksmith. And that is, uh, there's a void, there's a need. And we say, hey, there's a need here that you have, uh, in Africa especially, you have uh, a, a high number of pastors that don't have the luxury of going to, you know, uh, formalized education. They don't, they don't have the money to go to Bible colleges. Uh, to seminary. And so this is kind of bringing that to you. And then uh, it is not so highfalutin that it's going to be hard to understand. So I try to bring bring the hay down from the loft, you know, so you could you could uh, get a meal. And because you know, when you travel, uh, and I mean, you do at least probably one or two of these trips a year, you know, uh, yeah, depending on resources and your time and what have you. But um, so you go to you go to a country uh, somewhere, and your time is limited. I mean, you you have a, a you know an arrival date and a departure date. Okay, you you go on a round trip ticket. Um, so this is a, it. Really enables you to sort of have a textbook, if you will, that you can kind of go over with these folks. Yeah. 
Um, and when you leave, it's there. It's, it's, yeah. it's, so, so it's a reference that even though Paul had to go home uh, and go work his day job, um, you've left something behind for them uh, as a resource that they can use every day. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, the idea that really is they're not getting my philosophy. They're, the, the whole point is to understand the Bible more, to help them see the use of how to use different parts of the Bible for different parts of ministry. And uh, that's really, at the end of the day, I mean, I'm just just another flunky that God uses. And uh, so, uh, and it's also in, um, it's in French, uh, Vietnamese, uh, Tamil. Yeah, we're uh, trying, we're trying to do it in every yeah. language. And that, and of yeah. course that has challenges in itself. I mean, what, uh, yeah. let's talk about, uh, let's talk about the challenge of, of, of translation and not, you know, listen, we're not translating this into, you know, um, another well-known language. In some, some cases, this, these are pretty, uh, lesser known, rare languages when, you know, when you're talking about languages that you might or might not be familiar with. Some, I haven't even heard of some of these languages that we're trying to translate this book into. Yeah. Uh, for example, Atasa. Atasa is a um, dialect that's spoken in um, eastern Uganda. And I believe uh, pot parts of Kenya also speak it. Uh, but it is, uh, it's an, um, they also have Swahili, so it's, you would think that, you know, my first trip to Uganda, I thought everybody would just speak Swahili, but there's there's quite a few dialects and languages that are, you know, stark in contrast, and so, yeah, the challenge is uh, there's not just somebody here stateside that's going to go ahead and just whip that out for you. You know, you have to go through a, a Bible college that's over there. Some of these places don't have Bible colleges. And so you have to find somebody that's learned, somebody that knows the English language and their target language enough. So this is time consuming and uh, uh, takes, takes money, you know, time and money and to get it done. But, uh, but yeah, that, you're absolutely right. That is one of the big projects. Uh, in fact, on that note, uh, this may be a good place to introduce uh, the functional areas. So we have uh, six functional areas in uh, We Harvest. Just to quickly enumerate them, we have uh, the uh, churches, so we plant churches, uh, crusades, the conferences, a college, cultural engagement for areas that normally you would get killed holding a Bible, and you have to find other inroads for the gospel. And so you, uh, a little bit, that one may take some more def, uh, definition describing, but, and then children's ministry. Um, so that's really the, the functional areas. Uh, so you, you had cultural engagement and crusades. So what, what's the difference there? So the, the cultural engagement uh, is really, for example, uh, I can talk more about it by region. So in Chad and in Mali, uh, they do a lot of cultural engagement. Those really the areas we work, well, the pastors that work there, uh, and they they can't just go out there and start whooping it up and having a crusade and, and have gospel music. And, I mean, they'll get shut down within seconds, imprisoned, and maybe killed. Yeah, so they, yeah, there's yeah. other ways there's, to there's do There's no, um, a lot of these places you're going do not have the luxury of the freedom of religion. Right. So, uh, pointedly, or, or, or the freedom of speech or anything right. else. So, in uh, Mali, uh, it's called the Mali Mission Fund. 
That's what we have. And the Molly Mission Fund really just looks at bringing the community together. They bring in these communities. Uh, we give them rice. We give them food. Okay. And then all it makes inroads for those people to go to the church that uh, was you know represented by that giving. And uh, so that's one way we do that because the government of Mali will not allow you to just go stand on the corner and preach the gospel. Uh, the, uh, the situation in Chad is not as bad, uh, not as stringent, because there's actually churches there, but they uh, are trying to uh, hold the church at bay. And so they, they don't allow new churches, to my knowledge, uh, by a, back, a couple of weeks ago, they, the church that we're trying to plant there, they will not allow. They won't allow the registration. And so it's really, a again, it's like a missionary foundation. And so the pastor over there, uh, his name is Dudon, uh, and he uh, does this cultural engagement, and his inroad is farming. And so he'll take these farmers that don't know a lot about that, and he's actually trained in it. Uh, and as he, kind of a more of a one-on-one basis, and so it's, it's really uh, personal evangelism in, in Chad and more of a, uh, the giving out uh, a cup of cold water type of thing and Molly to gain inroads for the gospel there. So, it's, so my whole point is uh, each region's different. You well, can't, one, one thing that will work in one region, and it's just like a, a special forces AOR. You know, yeah, you I mean, can't you're, just you're, do one thing here and expect it to happen in other yeah, places. A, a lot of these places that you're going to are these are uh, non-permissive environments. Yeah, um, these are places where, for a lot of people that are not aware, um, they slowly strangle um, the Judeo-Christian communities and folks in a lot of these countries. Absolutely. So, the, it, you know, there's a couple of choices. Number one, you can go right on out and actually kill them, yeah. okay, or run them off. Uh, but that a lot of times gets a little too much attention from the world community. So a lot of times I think what you end up seeing is, is sort of this uh, very uh, covert sort of strangulation of these communities and kind of waiting for the older people to sort of die out. Yeah. And then eventually what you have is a country with, you know, you can't find any you know, any practicing Jews, which a lot of these countries had huge Jewish populations in the Middle East and in that sure. area. And you're starting to see a lot of that even with uh, a lot of the Christian communities. Would you agree? Yeah. Uh, so on that note, uh, with uh, less, we would say, kind of asymmetric means for degrading the amount of Christians and churches and all that stuff, uh, the uh, Prime Minister Mo- uh, Modi of India, one of his tactics is he actually will pay something like, and I could be wrong on this number, but something like a equivalent of a thousand dollars for a Christian in India who would repatriate back to Hinduism, uh, just to formally disavow his religion from Christianity back to the so-called state religion of India, which is Hinduism, uh, just to kind of. Uh, 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 I mean that fundamental level of taking, um, you know, the the apparatus of the government, and and become oppressive to the churches, and and monetizing that. That's so there's a there's a here's a a, a, a tangible way for you to apostatize. A state, well, a state religion, right? A state religion yeah. where the uh, the tax uh, the taxes of the people are actually promoting exactly a state religion. Mm-hmm. That, that's amazing. 
I mean, now, that's a lot of money, right? I mean, that's a lot of money yeah. in India for, for a lot of Indians. And, and uh, for my Indian friends, uh, I don't want to state also the obvious things that are happening. Uh, the, the, uh, the government of India for the longest time has taken uh, uh, a blind eye uh, to the oppressive measures of uh, fundamentalist uh, Hindu organizations that attack Christians. And so they'll, they'll just kind of see it and just kind of go about their business. And this happens a lot. Uh, there are uh, te- basically terrorist organizations uh, that are Hindu, which is interesting because Hindus, you know, they, they believe in karma and that, uh, you know, if they, uh, you know, have done something that would warrant, you know, something so bad in this world as a human, then they could be reincarnated as a lesser form. Which is amazing. I mean, you know, that's a demonic doctrine in itself. But that they would just kind of, in their sense, take one for the team and attack the church um, uh, just so that, uh, you know, as Hindus, which is interesting. It is. But so there's, uh, there's an, uh, basically, we work in, out of those 49 countries, I kind of tallied up the other day. It's something like 14 or 15 governments that are oppressive governments that are actively working to eradicate Christianity from their nations, uh, either by, uh, you know, <clears throat> direct means uh, or you know, indirect means, and they're doing that. And so we're working under the radar. And so obviously in those countries, we have to be, you know, less overt. We need to be clandestine, really. It's a global Robin Sage. It is. It, it basically, it really is. There's a clandestine network that's set up. And uh, I think it actually works very good. So for those uh, that are listening that do these types of uh, uh, missions, I think it works very well. It's basically you have a network of people that you can trust and that don't line their pockets with money. You can trust with information. Uh, and then the apparatus also uh, is has business development. So the idea is, uh, and I'm kind of jumping out of, uh, some categories here, but we want the churches, the goal is for the churches to be self-sufficient and have their own businesses, What be that as it may, a store, a secondhand store, some type of something, so some type of business. Being able to sustain itself. Yeah, it sustains itself, and so that we can uh, reduplicate, uh, redouble our efforts, and just produce another church that's nearby that will be part of the same network. And that, I mean, that's that's basically how the church has grown uh, Today. You know, yeah. yeah. I mean, since from the beginning, since Pentecost, the, the church has grown. You're kind of going like old that. school. You're kind of going first century Christianity here. Yeah. So it's a, it's a house church. In fact, uh, the churches in Mali, Nietzsche, Chad, they're all house churches. The ones uh, we support and uh, other parts of uh, that can be undisclosed. Uh, we work there, and they uh, they're under 100% Sharia law. So they have there's a pastor over there uh, that had uh, got caught with uh, Bibles, a few Bibles that was he was trying to smuggle into his nation and was caught, and now he's imprisoned for having the Bible. It just reminds us of how valuable. No, I, 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 I think it, a lot of Americans are completely ignorant to a lot of um, you know what goes on. In other countries, um, as far as Christianity and a lot of other groups, but I, we have a we have a tendency to 
certainly take our. It's the bat phone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, I'm, I'm, uh, the president is calling. Yeah. I'm famous for, <laughs> I'm famous for, for getting to turn this thing off. But, um, yeah, I mean, we don't really realize sometimes we take for granted our, our rights and, uh, things that we just take for granted over this country. Absolutely. That, uh, people, you know, there's, there's people sitting in jail right now just for trying to bring in a few Bibles. Yep. I can think of, uh, five, uh, men right now who are in prison, uh, for their faith. Uh, and they're in these nations with uh, Sharia law. Uh, you so the whole point is, uh, I mean, there's some implications there. Wow, the freedoms we have, you know, we take for granted, like you said. Well, that that you know, when you when you're going in here and um, you know setting up a a church, you know, obviously that's part of the education is you know how to do this without because I mean you're you're you certainly don't want to put people in jeopardy. Right. So I'm sure, you know, some of the conversation is, you know, just, you know, how to do this without getting yourself in trouble, you know, getting uh, yourself killed or your family members uh, incarcerated or, or whatever. Absolutely. The, uh, the security uh, mindset, I mean, is, is crucial. So the, you know, the idea is we're, uh, you know, wise as serpents, harmless as doves, you know, as the Lord said. So, yeah, we want to. Uh, I mean, in some some of these places like Nigeria, uh, these churches are actively being, you know, people are being corralled into building their church building and burned alive uh, by these uh, fundamentalist uh, is, Islamic terrorists, essentially the Boko Haram or the Fulani herdsmen. They're associated with that, and so yeah, in those places like that, you have to have uh, you get head on a swivel. Absolutely. You know, or you become a statistic. And so, uh, and the, so that's actually, you know, part of the pastoral training, the church training that we, we want to instill in those churches is, you know, there's a time where, you know, and just not only that, but on your, your cell phone and your, your information type of security and how, you know, what we're doing is sensitive uh, because those governments uh, can shut that down. And so it needs to be, and that's, that's one of the reasons why I like, uh, I think the business model is really good. You're doing business, uh, and that could be uh, almost a screen for what you're really doing, uh, and that is, you know, uh, expanding the kingdom of God. Absolutely. So what's, uh, what's next for God's man? I mean, uh, we've got a couple uh, languages. What's, what's the next target language that, uh, that we're trying to do with this thing? Well, uh, I'm glad you asked that. Um, so, because I'm sure it's out of need. Yeah. So right now, uh, the translations we have, um, I've, it's in uh, French, uh, Vietnamese, uh, it's in Tamil, and then it's in English. So it's only in four languages. Uh, there's another one that is uh, um, my brain. Somebody I was talking to the other day, um, but yeah, the. Uh, yeah, Spanish. So I'm working on that, uh, and you know, the uh, it, it could it's time it takes time, and we're talking like six months, seven months sometimes, right. and you're talking a few thousand dollars for this. And then you can, of course you got to have somebody else proofread just to make sure that yeah, you know, um, neither you nor I um, try to try to publish something without it getting proofread. Yeah, and especially, uh, you know. And it's not just as, you know, proofreading English is easy for us. Yeah. You know, finding, you know, not number one, when 
a person to translate. Number two, find another guy that can actually do the proofreading. Right. So, so one I was trying to do is, is Atasa. That's the language they speak in Eastern Uganda. Uh, and so on this, uh, the trip that, you know, we, we did, we're doing in Uganda, it's, it's just going to have to use, it's going to be English. And then because of translation, you're, you're talking, uh, something like, you know, $2,200 to translate that. And then the time. And so obviously this is my hobby. Uh, and then there's other costs so that, you know, yeah. What what yeah. funds this thing? Let's just get in, let's get into that because I, I think a lot of people, uh, you you don't have a trust fund that I'm aware of. No, no trust fund. You know, uh, so basically everything we do around the world, uh, the trips we take is largely funded by about uh, people I can count on one hand. Uh, we've got uh, donors that donate every month, uh, and there's four churches right now that we support, and they depend upon us for the monthly support. It could be $100, $150 a month, really, uh, for a church rent. That's a, one of the smaller ones, or a couple hundred dollars a month for a whole church. Uh, and then, you know, hundreds of people in that building, they're, they're being supported. Uh, and then, uh, so that's the monthly uh, congregational support that we have. And then we have the missions. Uh, and then there's, there's uh, about two or three patrons. Uh, so really, there's, there's probably 10 people. Uh, that are given to this ministry. And then, of course, part of that is my wife and I. And then so, uh, you know, we could, at points, uh, $18,000, $20,000 a year of our own money will go into it. Well, there's an awful lot of bang for the buck. Yeah. This is, you know, this is seriously a low-budget operation. It is. It is very low-budget. Uh, yeah. I mean, it is shoestring. And really, it's just getting me and my wife there and the other people that have partnered with us to go there. And uh, <clears throat> and then, you know, the costs are really associated with just getting there. So uh, on that note, if, uh, you know, if you do feel like you want to uh, uh, give to World Evangelical Harvest on the website, there is a, it's a give tab. Uh, and my pledge to you is that 100% of what you give will be used for missions. There is no middleman. Uh, there's no admin costs. Yeah. Uh, it is, uh, and I would rather die so yeah. than misuse <laughs> the money you give me. So right? unlike the money that's going to Ukraine, um, yeah. <laughs> all of it is actually going to what you're doing. There's no, uh, yeah. there's no, there's no money laundering going on here. No. Uh, none of it's getting kicked back to the swamp and all the cronies. Uh, as yeah. a matter of fact, you have a negative, um, a negative overhead, which means not only are you using every dime that people are. Uh, contributing, but you're also using money out of your own pocket. So that's true. Uh, yeah. So when we send we send funds, uh, you know, it costs. You know, there's there's fees associated with that, and we we absorb that. Uh, but that's okay. It's all part of uh, doing business in the kingdom, and it costs now. And that's that's the beautiful thing about the kingdom of God is it co- if it costs you everything, it's worth it. Right. It's all worth it because uh, we are bringing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ to those around the world. Uh, and those that are just pining away, you know, uh, in, in darkness, they're getting this. So it could be, you know, uh, what are, we've, I mean, no donation is too small. So, yeah, I just want to encourage you. Uh, it, I may sound like a televangelist here, and I, I do feel a little uh, uncomfortable. I, I still do talking about money, but, it is one of the things you have to do as a missionary. At some point, you have to ask people, will you please give? And uh, so 
But yeah, that this is the it makes a difference. Uh, a little bit goes a long way. I mean, so a basic conference, we're talking uh, eight to ten thousand. Uh, that's for my wife and I to go over there, stay in a, a, a same type of hotel with the other delegates, and uh, the money is really spent for renting of the building, uh, the generators, uh, the uh, uh, conference materials, and then the food. So we the people show up, they get a place to stay, they get some food. And uh, they, you know, it's, we're talking uh, 800 to 1,200 people that show up for these conferences. Now these, I've seen, I've seen some photos of these, uh, these events. Um, and of course, I think we probably ought to post more of this. Um, and, and maybe even some video. I think some, some of this stuff is like, uh, I mean, you, you know, there's some baptisms. and a lot, there's, yeah. some, there's some like awesome stuff going on uh, at these conferences. Um, and I think uh, I think our listeners would probably be interested in seeing some of that stuff too. Absolutely. The uh, I mean, we're not you and I are not. I mean, we're we're still trying to figure out a lot of this, uh, you know, social media and sure. We're not we're not the we're most, old we're, guys. We're, we're not the most tech savvy guys in the <laughs> yeah. world, but we do understand. Uh, I mean, listen, we're just excited that we actually are able to put our podcasts on something like Podbean. I mean, that was like a major event for us, yeah. and uh, for your average twenty year old, it's like. Gee, I mean, what's wrong yeah. with you guys? Where you been, guys? Yeah, where you guys been? But we we needed the twenty year old to help us yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, we're <laughs> we're struggling uh, struggling forward. But um, yeah. Anyway, the the cover on God's Man is like phenomenal. Where, where yeah. did you where did you get that thing? And, and and the other thing on is is this applicable? Like, I mean, you don't have to be uh, somebody from Togo to actually benefit from this book, do you? No. The uh, yeah. So the cover is uh, is public domain. And I dug this out. This is from something back in the 1800s. So we, we pretty much borrowed it. And I pretty much, I was sure that nobody else was using it for anything. I cleaned up the face of it a little bit. So it was, uh, you know, kind of a little more digitized so that you could be more clear. But the idea is on the cover, you have um, God's man is a shepherd. I mean, that's what a pastor is. A pastor is an under shepherd. So the, the good shepherd is Jesus, of course, and the under shepherd is uh, the man, the God's man, that God has uh, empowered and called to be his leader. You know, God uh, leads his people through uh, a plurality of godly men, and uh, that's really what the cover is all about is uh, God's people are a sheep, uh, and the shepherd, the under shepherd, also gives his life for the sheep. Uh, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's really uh, somebody can from Togo can get something out of this book. Somebody from Mali, and you know what's awesome is they do they get a lot out of it. How about how about from uh, Raleigh? Of how course. About, how about from uh, Boston? Yeah, and, I mean, you know, if if you're if you're just like the average American sitting someplace, I mean, is this something that would benefit you? I think so too, because I have um, yeah, you know, you don't run a church or anything. You just, I mean. I got a a few friends in the army that have uh, that are have read it or reading it, and they wanted to just understand theology a little bit more. They wanted to understand, uh, you know, what what you know, really the structure of the church and kind of basic beliefs. And so that's the other part of this is you have just basic theology. And I on that note, I wanted to write this from a standpoint that a Presbyterian would be okay with it, a Methodist. Church of God, Baptist, and that's not that's no easy task, right? And so I wanted to major in the majors, and and really I majored in what we call the Nicene Creed, 
uh, and the Nicene Creed really encapsulates all of the basic, the fundamentals of the Christian faith. And so I tried to, to major in that and, and make it applicable for, uh, you know, mainline denominations, also those that are not denominational guys, and then, you know, around the world, something that's, um, you know, you know, even someone that's completely unchurched. A, a nice little book on theology for the layman. Exactly. So that's, that's the idea with that, too. I think it has something for you. I mean, I love the book. I mean, I just like the cover. I mean, um, we, we've spent literally thousands of dollars on some of our covers, and, uh, you know, this one was free. Yeah. And it's one of my favorites. Three ninety nine so, is good. Yeah, yep. and it's uh, sort of an appropriate cover for that book. Yeah, the uh, so you know my my uh, plan with God's Man is uh, it's also part of what I call the Timothy Project. The Timothy Project, if you're familiar with that, Timothy was of course a young man that accompanied the Apostle Paul on his uh, second missionary journey, and uh, uh, he was later on installed as. Uh, the pastor of Ephesus, young man, right? And of course, you have First and Second Timothy is uh, was written to him and also to us. Uh, but the Timothy Project is really uh, uh, the the title I've given to a program to train pastors. Uh, and and uh, God's man's a big part of that. But also, there's been online training. Uh, King's College. Is uh, and I don't know if it will when it will arrive, <laughs> but King's College is uh, part of the Timothy Project, and it's really an online curriculum uh, and an online program for. Uh, it's the online component of uh, the Timothy Timothy Project. So it has articles, uh, you know, uh, videos, and so a guy can go there and get some training. You know, get some. Uh, and I, my, my plan from there is just to kind of go off into the stratosphere with this thing. Uh, but that's really the main component is King's College. Uh, and the churches that we plant are called King's Churches. This is part of the vision the Lord gave me is uh, the churches that we plant uh, was to call them King's Church. And so we have uh, four of those. We have a King's Church uh, of Valor, India, King's Church of Injamina, Chad, a King's Church of uh, Niame. Uh, Niger and the King's Church of uh, Sikasso, Mali. Uh, and so hopefully there'll be uh, there's more King's Churches uh, coming. And then you have uh, the orphanages are called Christ Covenant Orphanages. Uh, and so those are the two names I was given for that. Uh, and of course, our church is, uh, is called Christ Covenant Baptist Church which is awesome. For, for those that uh, would like to uh, worship uh, here in Pineland. Yeah. And uh, so that's at 5200 Bragg Boulevard. Service times are 11 o'clock on Sunday. You're cordially invited. Absolutely. But uh, that's, that's really, um, I'm just trying to, I'm just racking my brain here as far as the, the, the furthest I can widen the aperture of We Harvest. That's really what it is. Uh, before I run out of time and before I fail to say this, uh, there's seven regions, and I mentioned that, but those regions are really, uh, you have uh, region one is East Africa, region two is the Middle East, region three is uh, Eastern Europe, four is East Africa, five is West Africa, six is South America, and seven is Central America. So you have these seven regions, and that's where our symbol is. Uh, we have um, really, with the, if you look at the symbol, it's the world. You've got the cross, and then you've got a symbol 
from um, really what's uh, the parable of the wheat and the tares. And so you have the wheat, and then you've got the fire. And so the idea is this is the both both the two aspects um, of uh, the gospel is uh, obviously uh, some are going to reject that, others are going to be brought into the barn as the wheat. Or if you like, uh, the threshing floor. And you know, wherever you're at and wherever the gospel is proclaimed, that is the threshing floor. And so that's that's really what We Harvest is all about. It's uh it's a treasure for me, and it's uh, it's I pinch myself that I get to do this. That uh, you know God would use some flunky like me uh, to do something for His glory. Boldly going where so many others won't go. Yeah, um, <laughs> I might have to write that down. No, I mean because yeah, it's it's you know, there's there's somebody obviously. Uh, Doing this in some of those nicer locations in Portugal and some of those other sweet little areas that we don't like to vacation at. But yeah, you're you're going in the uh, uh, certainly um, very difficult areas and yeah. uh, those areas that uh, need the message. You know, probably yeah. more than, than Portugal does. Uh, Paul, I mean, it's it's been awesome. I'm, I mean, it's been fun watching yeah. uh, this thing kind of grow over the years. Um, you know, I always pray for your safe, uh, you know, safe travels and safe return because, you know, I know where you're going and I know that sometimes, you know, things can happen. And, uh, but, you know, you always come back, you know, God, God always keeps you safe. And, uh, yeah. And I know that you're, uh, you do keep your head on the swivel. You know? Yeah. So if you're going to send a warrior into a place like that, you're the man, you're the man for the job. Um, I hope uh, you will visit. The website. I hope you can donate. I hope you can uh, keep sending Paul downrange, doing the things that he's doing because he's doing great work uh, for God. And uh, fantastic episode. I'm glad we had a chance to do this. Uh, we hope uh, you enjoyed uh, today's episode of the Pinelander Podcast. Uh, and if you enjoy the content and unique perspective, we hope you'll check out our sponsors, uh, Blacksmith Publishing. Been serving the Warrior class since 2013. Blacksmith Publishing has great titles written by warriors for warriors. So if you're looking for a great reference book on land nav, small unit tactics, or perhaps you just want to read a good novel, check us out, blacksmithpublishing.com. If you're looking for some cool Pinelander apparel, head on over to the general store located at pinelander1776.com. Got a lot of neat, uh, unique items over there for sale. Uh, tell them Paul and Mike sent you. Until a next meeting, remember to keep your head on a swivel, stay mentally and tactically smart, physically and spiritually strong, socially astute. Glory to Pineland.